0: This is the 77 WABC mini cast. One of the world's famous uh, entrepreneurs and investors. Barron's has done many a story about him. Mario, good to hear, to hear from you and talk to you again.
1: Uh, my privilege and my pleasure to talk about the stock market and the capital markets around the world, and particularly in the U.S.
0: This is an election year, uh, Mario. Uh, what the Democrats want, they want, to, they want to make sure that Bidenomics works, whether it does or not, Bidenomics works. They're trying to get the price of oil down so people don't have to pay more than $3 a gallon for gasoline. They want to get the stock market over 40000 They want to get interest rates down so, so people can afford to buy homes again. And they want to get the price of foods going down. And other than the stock market, nobody else is cooperating with them. Give us your vision what do you think yeah, is no, that's a great uh, and-
1: starting point let's do it very quickly there's no question that political dynamics have an influence for example today uh, the local newspapers carry a story about how we are trying to uh, preclude Chinese cars coming from the United States and you know I've been following the auto industry for 55 years when you buy a car you want it efficient you want it to work but you also want to know what you if you would decide to sell in three to five years what it's worth meanwhile no Chinese cars are coming in the U.S. at the moment, but the UAW loves to hear that. In event, the world is $110 trillion, John, and the United States is a quarter of that. So we're doing quite well. The United States consumer has a very good approach. There's some minor income inequality that has to be addressed in the sense that individuals that are working at uh, for $25,000 in Iowa uh, or any part of the Midwest are okay, but in New York you've got problems. From that point of view, uh, we want to look at that. There's a pent up demand for certain consumer goods. The industrial sector is benefiting, uh, benefiting from programs that were put in place. The Inflation Reduction Act, like giant shrimp, is misworded. But basically, the notion that we ran into problems four years ago when we had the uh, COVID, uh, getting stuff from China, we're reshoring and nearshoring, and that's helping the Midwestern part of the United States. The second part is that because interest rates went up because of what Powell did with regards to high rates, lasting longer, there's a fairly significant pent-up demand for housing, all of which is pretty positive. In addition to that, we have some other crises in the United States that need to be addressed, and we're working on that. One of those, for example, is water. When you develop artificial intelligence, known in the trade now as AI, they need data centers. The data centers consume water to cool the location. So the absorption of water, the ability to to, uh, contain that, the ability to get energy and its use is an important dynamic, so there's a lot of pluses and minuses. From a stock market's point of view, you've got to have two things, earnings, the outlook for earnings, and a multiple. The multiple is a function of interest rates, and that's what the market is saying is that the rates are not likely to go higher. The question is, how high will they stay, what's the normal rate when things turn down, and what do I pay for the earnings outlooks for the next several years? The challenge that you're pointing out is that if I shop at Costco, uh, you know, I have my food costs contained. I mean, you know, there's, John, there are bargains there. On the other side, the consumer going out to the store says, wow, I haven't seen a reduction in price. So what the regulators are doing and the politicians are attempting to do is to throw bones to get elected. That's why they would say, uh, like Albertson's merger, which is a You know, and I shop at Albertsons in the West Coast, and they do a very good job. They say, uh, well, they're going to raise price. Eh, I can always go shop somewhere else if they try to raise price too much. But they're doing it because food costs are an element. Second part, John, is that when you and I are paying our electric bills, that cost is high. And so they're trying to, for example, in Illinois and Connecticut, they're trying to reduce the amount of money the energy companies can earn on the embedded capital that they put in place for years. And that's going to be a real long-term problem. So you've got to live with all of this. From the stock market's point of view, clearly uh, every so often you get into different phases. Today, it's uh, Wigovii and it's uh, artificial intelligence, and those are the headlines. And uh, the Magnificent Seven now become who knows what. So the, and so we look for ways to make money for clients on an ongoing basis, not only over the next 12 months, over the next 10 years. Then the final part of the way you look at how much money is a company going to earn, and then how do they keep it? So what is the tax structure going to be in 2025? What happens to corporate taxes? What's happened to the ability to do research and development? What what can you do for write-offs in terms of depreciation? Can you take 100%, which is a great incentive to put new productivity in place? Then from the student's point of view, why not allow students to take a tax deduction for their tuition bills? So there's a lot of things that can be done.
0: Me and you could talk forever on that because I have a a lot of opinions, too. Let's look at the long term. Is there a future in electric cars or is it going to die?
1: Well, John, when you go back to go forward, look through the rear view mirror, first of all. First of all, when there was a shortage of electronics and other components, the car companies focused on high-priced cars. And because they did that, the average price of a car rose sharply. Secondly, the dealer was so much in demand, he didn't give you a discount, and there wasn't that much promotion, and then interest rates cost for carrying a car. All of that is coming back into shape. The consumer out there needs a car that he can buy for 35000 not $48,000. The fleets and the government agencies need lower price cars. So there is a pent-up demand, but not necessarily for cars at $75,000. The notion that you're giving a credit for an electric car, what only rich people can get is challenging to me. The electric car continues to have the challenge of saying, cold weather, I've got to get used to it. How far can I drive without, where can I refill, and how quickly can I refill? Those are minor issues. The big issue is, what does it cost me when the batteries run out? How much is that going to cost? What is the value of the car in case I have to sell it? What happens if there's an accident? Why is it so high cost the repair work? And then why can some guy attack me by... Uh, disconnecting my car when I'm driving with all the electronics in it. So there's a lot of things that are work in progress. So in the future, I think we'll continue to do well with regards to various forms of internal combustion engine and also various forms of hybrids and various forms of hydrogen and various forms of electric.
0: Uh, well, exactly what the uh, CEO of Toyota said. Uh, I'm going to make them all and let the, let the consumer decide.
1: Well, that's the way it should be, not the state of California.
0: The future of energy. It's not going to be. It's not going to be windmills. It's not going to be solar cells. I, you know, we're in the oil business, and we're slowly going to transition over the next ten, twenty years into small nuclear reactors. Any opinion?
1: Yeah, my own reaction is fairly uncomplicated. Look uh, how quickly we forget Three Mile Island challenges with regards to nukes. Independent of that. Clearly, we would like to have a cleaner environment. We'd like to have less plastics that are in the water. We'd like to have less PFAS, the uh, chemical that lasts forever. From the point of view of energy, we also have to be practical. You cannot count on an unstable Middle East, You cannot count on Maduro not attacking Guyana. You cannot count on Iran, Iran, and Iran. And so as a result of that, having flexibility by rebuilding our storage of energy through our strategic reserve, which has been downplayed, and having that gas, and having it distributed to those poor individuals in New England through better piping systems, you gotta be practical. And during that process, come up with what you're talking about. Have the guys at MIT, the guys at technology centers, Figure out some other ways. And just like in 1859 in Titusville, they found oil and saved the whales. Somebody's going to come up with new ideas. As long as you allow entrepreneurialism in the United States to foster, do not condemn people with new ideas. Encourage them to make money. And when they make money because they can solve problems,
0: praise them. Mario Gabelli, we're up on time. Do you have a a last thing, something to tell the American people?
1: Yeah, I think so. Love sports. And all of you should buy a share of an Atlanta Braves baseball team. For $40, you can own a baseball team, and you can participate in the opening season in about three weeks. And then on top of that, you can buy a basketball team by buying Madison Square Garden Sports. The Knicks are available for $180. Then on top of that, you can buy a soccer team. So play sports, invest in sports, and uh, enjoy the March Madness that's coming up.
0: Mario Gabelli, thank you for your wisdom, and we'll catch up again